Today is Halloween. So I would like to say happy Halloween. I am very excited to bring you this bonus episode and I really hope you enjoy the stories I am going to read to you. My Where I'm recording right now in my pod lab, it is looking extra spooky. I'm recording at nighttime. The lights are low. They are very dim in here. I have one Halloween lantern flickering away. I have my fake fireplace on flickering away. And aside from the light from my laptop, that is the only light I have uh, going in here. It's nice and dark, nice and spooky. Really, I've got the Halloween campfire frights vibe going very strong in here. If anyone listening has dressed up this year for Halloween, you got a good costume going, I would absolutely love to know what you dressed up as. So if you head on over to Hell No, a true crime podcast on either Instagram or TikTok, let me know on there. I was actually thinking about doing a TikTok live. Um, never done one before. Don't really know how it works. But I think it would be really fun to do one tonight uh, and maybe everybody could go on there and let me know your costumes. Tell me live, live on air. Okay, I think it's time. Dim your lights, make it spooky, and let's get into these terrifying tales. The first story is called The Haunted House, and this author would like me to credit uh, their Reddit username, which is spongebob underscore sp50199. So thank you for allowing me to read your story. It's Halloween night, and you and your group of friends see that there is a popular haunted house in your town, and all of your friends want to go. You want to impress your friends by going, since it's rumored to be a horrifying haunted house, even more so than most other haunted houses. You all dress in your scariest costumes and start heading to the haunted house. You and your friends pull up into the parking lot of the haunted house and you can already see that it seems authentic and horrifying. It looks like a big, luxurious house that's been painted to look as though it's been abandoned for years. There's fake blood splattered all over the walls, bloody handprints on the cracked and chipped glass windows, fake cobwebs and spiders everywhere. And there's even a body bag just out of sight at the corner of the house. It's laying in a pool of fake blood. It's all pretty impressive, you gotta admit. You all start to head into the haunted house and you can see that the creators went all out. There's fake bloody severed bodies everywhere, huge cobwebs with big hairy spiders to accompany them, bloody weapons, axes, huge knives, chainsaws, etc. with bits of fake guts attached to them and others. There's even a fog machine creating a thick white mist and strobe lights flickering overhead to add a spooky ambience. It's all pretty impressive as it creates an unsettling and disturbing atmosphere. This place certainly doesn't disappoint. 
As you and your friends explore the haunted house, you see many different sights. For example, in the dining room, there are zombie animatronics sitting at the table with gauntlets filled with blood, organs spread on the plates, and a dismembered man animatronic sprawled across the middle of the table. It's painted to look as though there's blood spewing from its mouth, and it has a horrified expression on its face with wide eyes and a screaming mouth. You're genuinely starting to get spooked by the sights, but you're trying to look brave in front of your friends. You laugh at a lot of the props. Eventually, as you're walking through a section with scare actors dressed as popular serial killers, another actor dressed as Michael Myers is standing in the corner of a dark hallway, slightly obstructed by the wall while clutching a bloody machete, just staring at you and your friends. His mask and chainsaw looks hyper-realistic. You notice the man first and bring him to the attention of your friends. You all playfully scream and laugh but ultimately ended up walking away without really saying anything else about the man. After a while, you and your friends start to get bored, so you all plan to go to your house to relax and hang out. Once you all get there, you start doing your favorite group activity. However, you felt like something was off. Like when you all were walking to your house, you felt like someone was watching and following you. You figured you were still pretty shaken up from the unsettling props back at the haunted house, so you just brushed it off as your mind playing tricks on you. After a few hours of hanging out, your friends decide to start heading back to their houses. You bid them farewell and they leave. After they all leave, you head to your room to relax for the remainder of the night until you fall asleep. You put on some YouTube videos and eventually find yourself nodding off, eventually falling asleep to the YouTube videos still playing. You're suddenly awoken to the sound of shattering glass coming from somewhere in your house. You shoot up, confused and still half asleep. That doesn't last long, however, as the reality of shattering glass slowly comes to you. You always keep a baseball bat at the side of your bed, just in case you felt like you needed it. So you grab it and start slowly creeping your way out of your room to investigate the noise. You eventually make it to your living room and see the big glass window has been shattered with shards of broken glass sparkling like glitter on the floor. It's a warm, breezy night, so you know there's no way this could be an accident. You can feel your fight or flight activate as this situation starts to sink in. There's somebody in your house. You clutch your bat tighter as your breathing gets heavier and your heartbeat quickens. You then hear a few thuds coming from your bedroom. Whoever it was, they were looking for you. And you had a gut feeling they didn't have the best intentions. You hear heavy footsteps sprinting towards the living room. The person must have realized you're not in your room. You're frozen with fear, unable to do anything except stand there and shiver with terror. 
you can hear the footsteps increase in the volume as they come closer and closer. Suddenly, they stop and the house falls silent. With the exception of crickets chirping in the night. You can feel the coldness of metal on your neck as a huge machete is pressed against your throat while heavy breathing can be heard coming from behind you. I just love a terrifying story placed on Halloween in a freaking haunted house. That was such a great story. Thank you again for allowing me to read that. Ugh, I just love it. I love it how it really places the listener in the story. The next story is called Conflicting Realities. I really miss my friends. Mom said I'm only seven years old, so there will be plenty of time to make more, but I like the ones I had at school. Lately, she's been pretty mean to me, and I really don't know why. I brush my teeth twice a day, I make my bed when I wake up, and even though I'm now homeschooled, I'm never late and I get all my work done. Mom said school isn't safe. She said bad things can happen there. I have one friend from school I see sometimes, but it's been a while. The last time I got to see her was at a sleepover, but I didn't get to spend the night. That afternoon, me and my friend had been playing cowboys in her front yard when my mother came racing up the driveway. She was in tears and shaking. She jumped out of her car and grabbed me by my wrist so hard and threw me into the back seat. As we drove away, I could see my friend and her mother's face. They looked scared, probably of my mother, like I was. Aside from not having friends to play with, another bad thing about being homeschooled is that when you're sick, you can still go. When I was in my other school, I would get to go to my grandma Ruth's house when I was sick. One day I woke up with a cough and my mother said that I didn't have to go to school and that I would be staying at my grandma's for the day while she did boring stuff. Grandma and I had so much fun. We always did. We baked cookies. I helped, of course. Then grandma took a nap while I watched a movie. When mom came to pick me up, she seemed really worried and started crying. I must have been really sick because after this, I had to go to the doctors a lot. For a while, mom was nice again, until Christmas Eve that year. Me and dad worked so hard putting up all the decorations. He let me help and I even learned how to use a hammer. Once we finished, I woke mom up to show her what I learned and all the pretty lights. This made her really angry. She started yelling and took my hammer away so I couldn't put up any more decorations. She didn't stay angry for long though because on Christmas morning, she hugged me and cried and let me open all my presents. This summer, a new family had moved in beside us. They had a kid my age. 
It was a hot summer and they had a swimming pool in their backyard. They invited me and my mom over to swim one Sunday afternoon. I was having so much fun splashing around and playing Marco Polo with my new friend until my mom pulled me out of the pool by my hair. She threw me over her shoulder and carried me all the way home. She was sad again and I didn't know why. She was having fun playing in the pool too. She told me I was never allowed over there again. And that was the first and last time I went to the neighbors. Tonight is Halloween and I was so excited to dress up as my favorite princess and go trick-or-treating. I went and picked out my costume last week and everything. I even helped mom get the candy ready for the trick-or-treaters. But then, just now, she yelled and screamed and took away my costume, said I wasn't allowed to go anymore. She's always being so mean to me. I'm worried about my seven-year-old daughter, Isabella. One morning I caught her bringing my kitchen knives to school in her backpack. When I asked her why she had them, she said it was for a game. It didn't end there though. One day I got a call from a teacher. That day at school, Isabella had grabbed another child around the throat and left bruises on the other child. The parents of the other child were not going to press charges, but they did want Isabella removed from the school. The school said she was a danger to the other children, so I had no choice but to homeschool her. I didn't think about putting her in a new school until I knew she wasn't a danger. But isolating her from other children was not going to be the best thing for her. I contacted one of her friend's mothers. I asked if she felt comfortable getting the girls together for playdates and sleepovers. I had a long talk with her and explained Isabella's sudden disappearance from school. She seemed empathetic to my situation and agreed to have Isabella over for a sleepover. I dropped her off in the morning, stayed for a coffee, and made sure everything was going well, and then I left. I wish I would have stayed. A couple hours later, I received an alarming phone call from Isabella's friend's mother to come get her now. She sounded frantic and terrified, so I raced over there as fast as I could. I didn't think she was capable of doing something like this, but she had. I saw it with my own eyes on the front lawn. Isabella had strangled their cat with a rope she found laying in the yard. It was a horrifying sight. Later, I tried to explain to her friend's mother that it must have been an accident. Isabella didn't realize what she was doing when she lassoed the cat. But Isabella's friend's mother looked me in the eyes and said, trust me, it was no accident. I knew it wasn't an accident, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Isabella has something dark inside of her. Before I started to homeschool her, whenever she wasn't feeling well, I'd keep her home. I would sometimes bring her to my mother's house for the day while I ran errands, grocery shopped, went to the bank, the things no sick child should have to endure. It was on one of these sick days at Grandma Ruth's that I knew for sure something was wrong with Isabella. When I arrived to my mother's house after my day of running around, I found Isabella in the living room. After talking to her for a while, I asked where Grandma Ruth is and she pointed towards the kitchen. When I went into the kitchen, I found my mother passed out face down on the kitchen floor. 
I was frantic and terrified. The first thing I did was check her breathing and it was slow, but it was there. I called 911, told them the situation and they were on their way. While waiting for the ambulance, I asked Isabella what had happened. She said she made grandma healthy cookies and after grandma ate them, she fell asleep. I asked her what was so healthy about the cookies and she took my hand and gently led me to the kitchen. She opened up a cupboard and from behind a bag of flour, she pulled out an empty prescription pill bottle. It was my mother's prescription sleep medication and it was empty. According to the label, it had just been refilled the day before. My mother made a full recovery, but refuses to watch Isabella anymore. Won't even allow her in her home. After that day, I brought my daughter to see a child psychiatrist, and this only led to more concern. But these appointments seemed to help Isabella, and everything was good for a while. Until that December. Isabella and her father spent all day together on Christmas Eve, hanging the decorations we failed to get up earlier. Her father had let her use a hammer while she helped him to put some nails in to hang the outdoor lights around the front door. I laid down in my bed for a nap and was soon after jolted awake. When I shot up in bed, I saw Isabella standing beside my bed. She had a big smile on her face and a hammer in her hand. Right beside where my head had just been, the pillow was torn open. Isabella had swung down the claw end of the hammer. I screamed at her. What did you just do? She calmly said, I wanted to show you. I took the hammer and all the knives from the kitchen and locked them in the garage. I was afraid to sleep that night. Not only was I afraid, but I was worried about this darkness in my daughter. As much as I feared her, I had an overwhelming urge to help her and protect her from herself. I kept a close eye on her after this and even started locking me in my husband's bedroom door at night. I stopped trying to arrange playdates with other children, but by this time, nobody wanted their child near mine anyway. Months later, I befriended the new family who had moved in next door. They have a son, Isabella's age. Whenever they invited Isabella over to play, I would intervene with an excuse though. I didn't want to tell them about Isabella, but I also didn't want her in their home. One extremely hot summer's day, they invited us both over for a swim in their pool. This time I accepted. The thought of jumping into a cold pool was just too tempting. I also figured if I was there, she couldn't do anything nefarious. After about 15 minutes of us arriving, I noticed Isabella was getting along really well with their son, and this made me feel at ease. So I began to relax. Isabella, the neighbor boy and myself were all swimming around in the pool having a good time. The boy's parents had left to start up the barbecue and put some hamburgers on the grill for lunch. Isabella said she wanted to play Marco Polo. She started the game off as polo, swimming around with her eyes closed, feeling through the water, laughing and shouting, Marco. I hadn't seen her have fun like this in a long time, and I was so overjoyed about it. After we all had a turn being polo, she wanted to put a little twist on the game. She suggested that there be two polos and one Marco. Sure, why not, I said. 
She then asked that she get to be Marco for the first round. We agreed, and me and the neighbor boy closed our eyes and started shouting, Marco. About 10 seconds into the game, I heard a lot of splashing, which didn't alarm me. But then I heard the father of the boy yelling. When I opened my eyes, I saw him running from the barbecue across the yard and towards the pool. When I looked over, I saw the boy's hands flailing above the surface of the water. Isabella was holding his head under water. I jumped out of the pool and rushed over to pull her off the boy. She was kicking and screaming and acting like a wild beast. I had to carry her home over my shoulder. The neighbors avoid us now. Tonight is Halloween. Isabella's father was going to take her trick-or-treating. But after what I just caught her doing, I'm more afraid of her now than ever. She said she wanted to help me get the candy ready for the trick-or-treaters. And I said, sure. What could possibly go wrong? I thought she was just going to put candy in the bowl. I should have known better. I found Isabella at the kitchen table, humming a quiet tune. She was fiddling with the mini chocolate bars, holding them up one at a time as if inspecting them. I noticed the pincushion from my sewing kit beside her, but all the needles were gone. I asked her what she was doing. She stopped humming, looked up at me, and held out a piece of candy in her hand and said, Do you want some? There is something dark in my child. What a chilling story. Can you guess who the author was? That was mine. That's the story that I wrote for you guys this year. And I really hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was really creepy doing a dual perspective with the daughter. She doesn't realize she's doing anything wrong. And And the whole time you're like, why is this mom so mean to this little girl and then the mom tells her perspective of what's been happening and I just thought it was so haunting and yeah I worked I worked pretty hard putting that together for you guys so I really hope you enjoyed it I hope you enjoyed both both stories you've heard this Halloween's evening (laughs) I love that it's Halloween Unfortunately, that is a wrap on this year's Halloween campfire frights that is also a wrap On all the episodes of October, it is a wrap on the autumn season. It is a wrap on spooky season and um, uh, makes me a bit sad, to be honest with you. I really hate to see it go. I hate to see it go. I hope you have an amazing Halloween. Go trick-or-treating, carve a pumpkin, make candied apples, watch horror movies, listen to more horror podcasts. If you haven't heard of podcasts like Nightmare Society, Let's Not Meet... Uh, full body chills those are also ones you could binge listen to this halloween to get a ton of scares 
Again, if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram or TikTok, you can do so at hellno underscore a true crime podcast. Jump on there, comment what your costume was this year under the post for this um, episode and let me know because I just, I love a good costume. I love it. Even a classic. I love a good classic. Give me a witch. Give me a zombie. Give me a oh a vampire oh i love a good vampire you can go so many directions with those anyways have an amazing halloween that's a wrap on spooky season thanks for listening and see you next week